0: Welcome to the Reading for Success podcast, a production of Success League Radio. This podcast focuses on customer success and leadership books, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not they're worth your time. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen here.
1: And I'm Russell Bourne, and we're the co-hosts of Reading for Success. We also both work for the Success League, a boutique customer success consulting and training firm based in San Francisco.
0: And today, we're reviewing an article called What You're Getting Wrong About Customer Journeys. It's written by a pair of marketing professors, Ahir Gopaldas and Anton Sieber, and you can find it in the July-August 2022 edition of Harvard Business Review Magazine. So let's dive in. Russell, can you give us an overview of the
1: article? Sure. So the main topic of the article is a customer journey framework that the authors developed called the Customer Journey Matrix. And it's a two by two. And the axes are spanning from a customer's point of view, effort and predictability. And so the four quadrants they came up with are called a routine, which means it's effortless and predictable. A joyride is effortless and unpredictable. Okay. A trek, effortful and predictable and an odyssey is effortful and unpredictable.
0: I love the matrix, so I, I'm i down with this article so far. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It's I'll say it's not a way that I've thought of customer journeys through either one of those two lenses, so it's, it's a different way to look at it. But the first half of the article is really dedicated to defining these four different types of journeys, and they give examples of each, which we can get into in a bit, and then they lay out in the second half of the article, a plan that would help a vendor decide what type of a journey would be the best for their customer bases, where to queue purchase decisions. And then they actually get into talking about whether you should offer different segments, different archetypes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was interesting. I kind of felt like that was missing in the beginning of the article and then I was happy to see it show up later. So yeah, that's really good.
1: Right. At the Success League, our methodology is segment first, and then design the journey based on that. And and this is it's sort of giving you a preformed list of the journeys you might choose after you segment ahead of time. Yeah. But I'd I'd love to hear what stuck out for you from this article. Well,
0: so I have thought about the effortless part of the um, matrix because one of the books that I reviewed on here probably now about a year ago was the Effortless Experience. And that gets into effort. And I I really appreciated that book and I appreciated their take on why and how customers need things to be effortless. And so that axis on the matrix made a lot of sense to me and it was exciting to see that incorporated.
1: Did you think that the the idea that a customer would prefer to put in more effort was really foreign? Uh,
0: Yes. I mean, I, I think... They're right on though, in terms of the reality of effort, there are just some products that by their nature are going to be more effortful than effortless. And, and I actually was, I was reading this was trying to kind of think of you know, because this is such a B2C focused article, which I'll talk about when we get to the like, what didn't we love about it? But because it is such a B2C focused article, I was trying to kind of think of, okay, well, what would be a B2B example of an organization with a product that falls into this category? And so, you know, as I was thinking about like, what's easy versus what's hard, I was thinking, well, of course, a tool like Zoom, you know, which at this point is ubiquitous, we all use something along those lines. If you don't use that, you know, that has to be effortless. And it is a fairly simple piece of technology. And it, for the most part, is effortless. And they've done a good job with that. An accounting tool or a ERP solution for a company, you know, is inherently more effortful. It is a database with a lot of information in it, and it takes more time. And so effortless is a spectrum, I think. You know, what is effortless for, you know, a tool like Microsoft Dynamics is effortful for a tool like Zoom. But, you know, you just it's almost apples to oranges. I don't know. How do you think about that?
1: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that this is really a B2C article. And one of the things I appreciated about the article was the really clear examples of each, but they were all B2C examples. And so the effortful and predictable track examples they gave were things like software that helps you learn a language. And I think you mentioned a minute ago, the reality is that's going to take a lot of effort and there's no way around that. And I think the ERP is a good B2B business case where, you know, to rip out an ERP and put in a new one is a big change management exercise for any contact role in a company that's doing that.
0: Yeah. And then I was trying to think about, okay, what are those tools that we use in business as a routine? And for me, the most obvious one outside of email tools is Zoom. I'm on Zoom every day, all day long. And so, you know, I, I think that that's the kind of tool that needs to fall into that routine quadrant of the two-by-two two because of the nature of what it is. So that kind of struck me. I think the other thing that I liked about the article outside of just that matrixes like that are really easy and interesting, I did like the idea that's under the track. So this is the quadrant that deals with things that are effortful but repetitive has this concept of goal posting as a way of kind of managing the journey. So I think we have this idea in customer success, right? We might call it milestones or we might call it, you know, steps in a customer journey, but we sort of have sometimes real and sometimes artificial goal posts throughout the journey. And so, you know, we're trying to get a customer to first value. We're trying to get a customer through, you know, a success planning exercise. We're trying to get a customer through a business review or a value review or whatever you want to call that. But those are sort of things that we put in place to give ourselves as CS professionals and our customers, you know, an idea of moving through a complicated, sometimes difficult process of adopting a solution, some structure. I really did like that idea, and I liked that they included it here because I think that not a lot of B2C organizations really consider that because there aren't a lot of B2C solutions that are super complicated. So I liked that that was included. What else did you like?
1: So when we were emailing with our colleague Cameron about this article she she stated a preference for the Odyssey, which is the effortful and unpredictable. And the B2C example that they gave was something like a strategy game, like a long-term strategy game, or learning some kind of a performance art. As a musician, I can totally see that happening, where you know that you're in for 10,000 hours to master something with an instrument, and you might end up really preferring to use it for some genre that you didn't think you would, right? So that's the effortful and unpredictable. And I'm trying to think again to a B2B parallel, what kind of a product or service would you want to put a ton of effort in not knowing the result at the end and being okay with that? I'm really struggling with that.
0: That's the one that I couldn't think of one. I thought of examples for the other three quadrants, but I couldn't think of a good B2B example for that one. So if anyone who's listening comes up with a good idea, we'd love to hear about it, I think. So that was one I, I didn't think of. The other one that I thought of was for the joy ride, which is kind of that effortless and unpredictable. I was thinking, you know, what I've seen lately that I think is really interesting is a lot of employee engagement apps are starting to look a lot like consumer apps. So employees are being engaged in a way that online games and stuff have engaged us for years, you know, and so it's gamification of your performance metrics and gamification of your level of engagement with your company and the projects you're working on and your promotions and things like that. And so I've seen a couple of early stage organizations that are working on things like that recently. And I think that's a great example of that because everyone's going to have a different path down their career, engaging employees. You have to meet people where they are with their careers and their goals. And so I think there is an inherent level of unpredictability with that, but you do need it to be simple and drive, a great experience for your employees. So that was the one example I came up with there. I don't know. Did you have any other examples on that?
1: What I was thinking of with the joyride was how you sit on the couch and you just mindlessly scroll whatever it is, Instagram or Imgur or whatever. And it's it's the easiest thing in the world to just use your thumb, but you never know what you're gonna see next, right? And if you're doing it, you might laugh at certain things, and then if I'm doing it, I laugh at other things, even though we both see the same thing. So the employee engagement thing or the the badging or gamification would be really interesting for that. I'll have to think through how that would be used.
0: Yeah, I get asked to look at early software a lot and kind of give thoughts on you know how it relates to customer success. And so this is a perk of my job. I get to see stuff really early. And there have been a couple of those lately, and they've been really interesting. And so that's something that's cool that I think is coming up. Was there anything else that you really loved about the article?
1: Well, I thought it was actionable for an easy use case. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like I mentioned before, it's not a lens. You know, this matrix is not a lens that I had thought of journeys through before. And so if it is an easy use case, it's like, okay, I can design a journey with that use case in mind and I can be intentional about it. And I can design this journey knowing whatever the touch points are here, I've got to make them effortless. Or it's okay to make them more effortful because that's just how it is. Yeah. There's a freedom to that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Maybe we could pivot to what was missing and I'll, I'll say what mine was, which is if it was a complex use case, I think it's not as actionable. Because I think your journeys get too convoluted. You have multiple segments that you're using different journeys for. And usually when you segment your customers, you're segmenting them as a company. And then within that company, you've got different users and that you, you can't send each user at a company down the same journey, right? It, it doesn't work because you need to have different touch points relating to a decision maker than you do with an end user. And, you know, the end user journey may be, let's make this a little effortful. Whereas the decision maker, you, you don't want that effort to have to be there because you just want them to go, oh yeah, I like that. I'm going to expand.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that frustrated me the most about this one was that, you know, yes, it is very B2C focused. So it's a little harder to kind of envision how you could apply this to a B2B environment. But I also kind of felt like, like you, it doesn't account for complexity. For me, it showed up as it doesn't account for companies that have multiple products that maybe fall into different parts of this matrix, right? So what if you have a strategy of land and expand and you have multiple products to do that with, but then a single customer has to fall into, you know, three or four of these different buckets because you have different products that are categorized differently and you know then that just creates a you know a pretty difficult level of complexity in terms of mapping and actually delivering on a journey. And I think that that kind of leads to the other thing that really is really bugging me about this article is it's such an academic article. It is written by two professors who teach this subject and have clearly not actually done a whole lot of work in practice because it is so theoretical and just not super realistic. I think it's a great glance at how things could work, you know, in a really cool way for b two c companies. I don't know that any of this would apply um, in a practical way to a b two b company that had any level of complexity to it. And so I get frustrated sometimes with academic sort of, inserting these models into environments where, you know, I mean, there was zero background in this article in terms of what they had studied and how they had studied it or any real practical examples, except for examples that had kind of come out of the news, you know, I mean, it's not like this article came from some big study, you know, or anything. It's a perspective of two people who have probably never actually mapped a customer journey ever. And (laughs) you know, they're missing some key things. They're missing revenue. How does revenue fit into this? While I love the idea of segmenting or categorizing customers on the customer experience only, that is unrealistic. And if you have a product that is priced at a price point that is low, you are not going to have the resources to deliver sort of this big journey that you might want to deliver or that these people might recommend delivering because your price point just doesn't support it. And so it completely leaves out revenue. And that is a big problem from my perspective. (laughs) I'm like, while we would all love for things to work great in a theoretical way, the very reality of business is that it's a business and it's producing money. You know, the numbers have to work or you don't have a business. And so this just glosses over that completely. I mean, I don't think there was one mention of revenue in this whole article.
1: I don't think so either. And I'm listening to you and and laughing in my own head because these are both, I, I believe they're both marketing professors. They are, yeah. And it is totally an exercise in here's the, the effortless joy that a marketer will tell you you'll get out of this product versus Here's the reality once you sign up.
0: Should marketing be mapping customer journeys in isolation? Absolutely not. There are like so many cross-functional teams that have to deliver on that, including teams you might not think of like your finance team or your, you know, your engineering team or your product team. Like they took a very product marketing lens to this topic that is unrealistic. That kind of bugged me about the article. Is there anything else that bugged you? <laughs>
1: No, I mean, I, I I, think that brings us to the end, which is, do we think this is an article that's worth the time? And I think we probably have the same answer to this, which is simple B2C product. Yes. Otherwise, no.
0: Yeah. Well, simple, even simple B2B, this would work. And I, I think it's an interesting concept. I think if you're, you know, if you're looking to this article to like solve your customer journey mapping problem, it is not going to do that for you, but it is an interesting concept. And I do really like that they included customer effort. So if you are a fan of the effortless experience or any of the work that has been done around customer effort score, this one will appeal to you and you should read it because it'll be entertaining if nothing else. (laughs) So just to kind of recap on this series of podcasts, we are going to be taking a break from books for a while while we wait for lots of great new customer success books to be written. Um, And we're going to be focusing on articles instead, like we did today. So as soon as we find some new CS Reads, we'll get back into the books again, but they have been a little scarce. Um, If you have any reading suggestions that you think the audience would appreciate, please let us know.
1: And... We want to tell you again that Reading for Success is a show on Successfully Radio, a podcast channel focused on customer success. And we encourage you to check out the other shows on our channel. Innovations in Leadership features in-depth interviews with CS leaders, and we have a new show in collaboration with Gainsight called CS Essentials. Reading for Success also features author interviews sometimes. And over the coming year, we're planning on introducing some other shows that we hope are helpful and entertaining and have good customer success content for leaders as well as CSMs.
0: If you like Reading for Success, I'd love to ask you for a favor right now. Please share our show on social media. Help us get the word out to the CS community. We want to continue to produce this great content. And to do that, we need the support of our amazing customer success colleagues. With that, I'll say goodbye for now. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.